Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Joining us in this episode of Flyers Daily, look back at the Jets game last night, look back at the week and uh, what lies ahead heading into the All-Star break. It is our Mondays with Meltzer. Check out Bill's work on NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. Bill, uh, certainly a game, the Jets game last night, one that Torts was not very wordy about post-game. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is putting it mildly, yes. It was uh, – yeah. <laughs> Man, definitely, definitely a man of few words, you know, yeah. when, when Torts, when Torts is like that and, 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 you know, he kept saying, you know, well, you already know the answer. So, you know, <laughs> it was, it was pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Sometimes though, like coaches don't like when you surmise what their answer would be. So they always give you one. Not yeah, on this right. occasion. <laughs> Not on this. No, he, yeah. I mean, I, I think that Torts, I mean, he obviously liked his team's resilience. They go down three, nothing bill. Yeah. And, that, and he said that first period didn't feel like they played bad. They outshot um, Winnipeg in the first period, 14 to 10. You get the tip goal uh, for the first one. And then two mistakes, though, uh, the two-on-one for the Kyle Connor goal. Yeah. And then the Shifley goal in the back door. Uh, but, you know, for, from the standpoint of, of generating some good offense, they did that. But you come out of the period, ends up being 3-1 because you get the goal late in the period from Provorov. Yeah, and then and that uh... – Gives you some life going to the second period. They, of course, they got goals late in, in the first and second periods. Uh, you know, the, in the first period, the, yes, the, the the tip goal. There's nothing you can really do about it. But at the same time, you get a high tip. I mean, someone has body and stick position too. So, yep. you know, um, I mean, I, I you had to feel a little bit for for Sandstrom. We'll, we'll get to the fourth goal, but you know, not not much money, not much any goal he could really do about the three goals in, in the first period. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought, I thought the quality of chances the Flyers gave up to Winnipeg was a little bit too good based on a couple of the mistakes and, you know, you dig yourself an early hole. I mean, as the period went along, I, I agree. They, they got better even, even before, even before the goal. Um, one thing the Flyers have shown all season is resiliency and they, they showed it again last night, but, uh, you know, that, that's obviously not the game you want to have where you're. And you're trailing, trailing by three before you even know it hits you. So, you know, uh, that's, uh, you know, especially coming off, coming to back-to-back, fifth game in seven nights. I mean, the Flyers really battled hard, but that's uh, that's hard because you're, you're playing the rest of the game with no margin for error. Yeah, and that's exactly kind of how it played out. And they come all the way back, two power play goals, uh, both by Kevin Hayes. And, yeah. you know, you look at Winnipeg, second-best PK in the NHL. They had killed off a prior eight straight and somehow Hayes on kind of two pretty sharp angles is able uh, to beat Riddich and gets the game tied so let's get to that fourth goal Bill because you know it's weird it's not even almost a shot basically because yeah Lawton gets a stick in there and kind of pushes it off of um, Kuhlman's stick uh, but there's just not a good enough seal along the ice and it finds its way right through Felix uh, Sandstrom and I think that's what Torch is referring to post game about wanting that one more save well, yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, listen, you you battle all the way back. You know, you uh, as you said, it's the number number two PK team in the NHL team that had right, right on both ends of special teams too. Yep, uh, they, they'd had something like something like twelve or thirty eight on on their power plays coming into this game too, and the Flyers shot them down. And you come up with back to back kills in in the third period. All the momentum is on your side in the tie game. You can't you can't give up a goal there, and I know I know it's a knuckleball and just stuff happens, but that that just 
you know, that just torpedoes everything you just did to get back in him. And, and it was it's hard. I mean, they had a couple of opportunities to tie it after that, but that's a, you know, it, it, it's a big, it's, it's air out of the balloon after you come, come all the way back. And, you know, as you said, two had two great shots by Hayes, um, but also some nice plays to set him up on, on the first one. I thought Kate's, yeah, you know, made outside, a nice pass to him. Out. Yeah, yeah, and, and on the second one, it looked like Frost was shooting for a rebound, and he got it. He hit, hit the pass just right to send it right to Hayes. You try try that ten times, maybe it works once. But uh, you know, but but you know, simple plays. We get the puck to the net, and you know, good things happen. Um, and especially because Hayes had there was a backdoor play in the second period where Hayes had a slam dunk and it wasn't quite timed right and. You know, yeah. Riddick ends up making the save, and that that can that can be deflating too. So to come back and the same guy scores twice, I mean, every everything seems to be lining up, and that's just, you know, uh, it it feels like a wasted comeback. You know, when when you come all the way back from three nothing, and uh, you know, all the everything is pointing up after you kill off the back to back penalties, and it's just it's, it's deflating. You know, no other word yeah. than that. Yeah, you need to save in that spot, and I, I think that is the source. I'm gonna I'm gonna prognosticate a little bit here since Torts didn't get a lot of words. I, I think his frustration lies in that area of not getting a save in that situation after you just killed off a five on three, the back to back uh, PK uh, penalties there, and it happens right after it. And I think the reason part of it is this, Bill. Tell me if you agree. I I think Torts is a coach at this point in his career where he says, "I leave you guys alone, you goalies. I don't. I admit it. I don't know everything about your position." I leave you alone. You you deal with the goalie coach primarily, me a little bit, um, but you got to go in there and you got to do your job. And when you don't do your job, hell hath no fury. And I think that, that that's why he was so angry after the game because his team battled really hard in those situations and then a goal that should not have happened happened. Yeah, for, for sure. And, 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 and he said it before the game, um, you know, I mean, you know, one, one thing with Torts is he never sugarcoats anything. Nope. Never, right? And uh, he, he was asked a question kind of, you know, a, a question that was tinged with trying to get a positive answer. Well, you know, what has impressed you essentially about uh, Sancho and the starts he has had? You know, and I'm saying, well, his athleticism, his compete or whatever. He's like, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. So the question was, well, what do you need him to do better? And he's like, make more saves. Yeah. Simple as that, right? I mean, he doesn't get really um, analytical when it comes to goaltending. No, no, no. He, and he'd be the first to tell you that. But, you know, as, as we've discussed many times on the podcast, so much a save is not statistical, it's situational. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I even, even go back to early in the season, you know, and, and we, you can point to a lot of different games. Um where Flyers had that game in Florida, they they battle back, and uh, you know then Sandstrom let in one that he really wanted to have back, and uh, uh, you know that that was deflating, and that was that was kind of you know, that was kind of towards his first impression of of, uh, of Sandstrom because that was his first game this year. Now, in fairness to Sandstrom, you know with the small sample size, he's gotten a lot of the back end of back to back games, and other than the game that he won. And the game tonight, he's really had a not not much, not much uh, scoring support, and in some games some pretty big, big breakdowns in front of him. But that being said, 
you know, if you, you want more games, then you have to make more saves in, in, in key situations. And he knows that. And, and uh, you know, I mean, you, you feel for the kid, but, but that, that's just the bottom line, especially when, especially when Urson has played so well. And yeah. uh, you, you hate, you hate to exit a game saying, well, you know, if Hart was in goal tonight and, uh, or Urson was in goal tonight, maybe that first period still happens that way. But that fourth one doesn't go in. Yeah. So that's that, that, that's what you come away with, and that, that's tough. Yeah, and there's and there's obviously you know getting the recall, putting sending Harrison back down because he doesn't have to pass through waivers and getting the recall. There is a considerable amount of pressure on Sandstrom right now uh, sure. to perform it at the NHL level and and just can't have those things happen. Bill, I thought Kevin Hayes in the game. It was the only question torturally answered. I thought Kevin Hayes in the game. You could see it kind of early too. His skating, he was really skating in the game and moving yeah. and making good. He had a really good back check in late in the third in the first period as well. Uh, I just I thought that he looks as rejuvenated as we've seen him all year. Um, without without a doubt, not just not just the two goals. Um, he he had his head up. Yep. You know he was uh, protecting the puck well. Sometimes sometimes when he had that little dip, you know. Uh, he would try to do too much, dang a little too much. I, I thought I thought he just played. I thought he looked on the ball time. He looked pretty sharp. Um, the plus minus won't show it, but I, I thought I thought he played really pretty well. Um, you know, uh, other guys. You know, I, I thought uh, I thought Tony D'Angelo made two nice places. Made a couple of nice plays on the power play. I thought it was another tough defensive game for him. That that uh, I, I think it was the second goal. Or was it, it wasn't the second goal. It was like it's the third one. It was the third one. The yeah, Shifley backdoor goal. Yeah. Where, you know, guy goes all the way around behind the net and, and he chases him. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, I mean, Sandheim was there to, to close it off. Um, and now, you know, now, now the backdoor is wide open. Yeah. Um, you know, like Lawton had the middle covered. Sandheim had the other end sealed off. And, and DeAndre takes himself way out of position. And, and, you know, it, it's plays like that. And, you know, and some, sometimes he's going to pinch, get caught up ice or whatever. But, but those kind of just, just basic coverages, um, you know, for all he brings offensively, too many things like that happen defensively. And, and it's tough. Bill, he was chasing plays up the neutral zone way too deep in the almost yeah. to the Winnipeg blue line to try and pressure yeah. it and taking himself. And look, in that first period, Winnipeg was going through that neutral zone like a hot knife through butter. They oh, they they, they sure did. They, the Flyers had had trouble coping with their speed because they were able to attack with speed through the neutral zone. I, yeah. I thought Ehlers was flying in that yeah. first period. The Flyers couldn't couldn't figure out what to do with them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they adjusted and got that neutral zone clogged up a lot more going forward yeah. in yeah. the second and third period. Uh, but in that first period, I mean, they were just they were flying in off the rush, and you cannot take yourself as a defenseman out of the play uh, by attacking it in the neutral zone, because when they get by it, now you got a numbers game and you're on the bad side of it. Um, Bill, the, the, the entire week that we had, I mean, a really busy week, Monday against Boston, the six, nothing loss, the rebound on Tuesday against Anaheim. And then on Thursday, the loss against Chicago, then a win in Detroit, two to one in a kind of low event game until that third period. And then you have this loss uh, against a good team in Winnipeg. Uh, when you look at this week, it's, it's kind of uh, the Jekyll and Hyde here a little bit. Part of it's the quality of opponent without question. Uh, but this team, you know, they, they've 
going into the game last night, they had the second highest win percentage since the Christmas break in the NHL. The only one higher is Boston, and they have a 750 win percentage going into that one. Um, you know, when you look at them closing out here before the All-Star break and then this final push to the re- remainder of the season, um, certainly winning like that at that level is not going to be there. But um, I, I, I'm not sure really what to expect from this group at this point. It, it's hard. I mean, it's one of those your record says, you know, your record, you are what your record says you are. And the Flyers are basically a hockey 500 team. They're, they're now one game under again, one win under, but that's essentially what they are. And, and I think this last week has shown, actually the last couple of weeks, has shown that they can compete with all those teams in the middle. And what happened What happened with Chicago, Chicago they didn't have a very good game. I mean, although, that was one of those dead. nights, they were, they were emotionally dead. It was one of those nights where you look at the numbers and look like, oh, well, the goalie stole it. It really, really didn't. It wasn't, it wasn't a very good good game for them um they, they didn't execute very well they didn't get enough traffic at the net the, the, that kind of thing that was that was a bad night um but but in general you can see where the gap between the flyers and the the bottom teams are the the arizonas and the the anaheims they're those, you know, they're, they're way better than those teams but then then you see where they are relative to boston and toronto and, and tonight Tonight, the first eight minutes, at least three nothing before you know it hit you, you know. And then they went up a very good team, so you, you can see that there's still quite a, a lot of work to be done until they they can compete better with those top echelon teams. Um, but but all those teams in the middle, you know, on, on a given night, depending on how they execute and and, and sometimes puck luck or certainly the goaltending piece of it is, is crucial, like like always. And the, the Flyers can kind of, on any given night or any stretch of a, a few games, they could pick off some of those. They, they want to back-to-back against Washington, which is a pretty good club. So, you know, it, it's been been up. It's been down. This this week was a roller coaster kind of uh, kind of evocative of the, the whole the season as a whole, right? They, they got great goaltending sometimes, uh, some leaky goaltending in a, on a couple of occasions. So I, I think it. I think this week is you know you're Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, they kind of it is in a nutshell. Bill, they did reach their twentieth win um, in that game against Detroit. Uh, it took them to March twentieth last year to get there. Uh, they're f- basically five games better through forty seven uh, than they were a season ago. Hart has gotten to fourteen wins, which was his total last year. It's an incremental step forward. Um, you know, but the the key part about a step forward, though, is a we don't know what's going to happen at the deadline coming up on March third or by the deadline, yep. and we also don't know who's here beyond this year. So, an incremental an incremental step forward is just can be kind of weighted this season against last season. I don't know that it can be weighted in general. It, it can, um, you know, there's there there are a lot of unknowns. Um, some of which will start to play out by the end of the season. You know, they're trying to get Couturier back to play late in the season. You really need to have a sense if he can come back and play after. By the time he, by the time next season would start, missed a season and a half. Yeah. Um, you know they're not. I mean, Atkinson is done for this year. Um, they're, they're, but I think one of the biggest things this season that they want to see is that some of the younger guys who've taken a little bigger bite of the team, can they carry that through? Can they carry that through 
after the All-Star break over the rest of the season. Um, and, and before you get to garbage time, when you're playing some games that are just, you know, really not evocative of much of anything, like September baseball with two teams that are out of the race, it doesn't really mean all that much. You you know, this, this time midseason, you're playing some good clubs with some teams, some things to play for. You you want to see how, if those guys can keep taking a step forward. So that, that is something you can tell. Um you know, and, and then after the deadline and then heading into the offseason, they're going to need to reassess a lot of things, right? So I, I don't I don't know how much bigger picture long-term you can take. It, it is incremental steps. Um, and, and also for guys, some guys that have been a, a little bit up and down, Joel Farabee, for example. I mean, he, yeah. they're counting on him to be a big part of the team, not just a present, but an ongoing basis. And uh, you know, I, I think Joel would be the first one to tell you that, He'd like a season to be a little bit more consistent than it has been. So a lot of guys have a lot to play for, but in terms of what you can tell in the bigger picture, I, I don't think, at least right now, you know, you're not going to know. Yeah, Sandheim's been had, had a pretty up and down year as well. He has and too. Yeah. I, I don't think playing with Tony D'Angelo has helped him. Um, and, and I say that because it just seems like he takes a lot less rush opportunities paired with D'Angelo than he has with any other partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe it's something. And, and maybe, oh, for without a doubt, he had, he had a stretch. Um, I guess it was, I mean, the team wasn't winning, but his game was really coming around for yeah. uh, a number of weeks. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if they're going to shake up D pairs, whatever. I, I have a feeling just, just given on the basis that they've, uh, you know, I had a couple games recently where they they have changed some lines around. I'm getting I'm getting a little bit of feeling that a couple of these lines are maybe a little bit stale, at least for the short term, and and you you might actually finally see some changes. Now they don't. Thing is though, of course, there's no practice time, mm-hmm. so maybe maybe that doesn't happen until after the All Star break because you can't really practice with other combos. But I, I I think it's I think at some point you will see things uh, changed up again. Yeah, I mean, Bill, it's been since before Christmas that these lines yeah, and, and this lineup hasn't changed. I mean, it's why I've never seen lines stay together that that long with, with no changes, essentially. Yes, and for torts, I mean, this is a world yeah. record. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. Um, coming up this week, uh, you got Los Angeles on Tuesday, uh, then Minnesota on the road Thursday, and then to Winnipeg. Don't pack the shorts for this trip, everybody, because uh, <laughs> you're not going to need them. Um, but then they'll head into the all-star break, which all said and done will be about eight days, uh, game to game. Uh, and Bill, you expect, uh, coming out of all-star break, we'll, we'll start to get this, you know, league trades around, uh, kind of get starts to unclog the drain a little bit here and get some things moving around the league and some more conversations and stuff. No, without, without a doubt, usually GMs kind of wait for the first couple trades to fall because they have other conversations going on once they, First couple of trades fall, they, they, the drip, 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 drip picks up a little bit, and 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 nowadays, nowadays there aren't that many deadline day deals anymore. Most of most of the deals happen mm-hmm. within the within the week of the deadline, not not so many on the deadline day anymore. So, I, I think that it'll it'll start picking up after the All Star break. I think it'll be pretty slow till then, and um, you know, I, I could see. I mean, other than of course, and I mean, I can see the Flyers moving their impending unrestricted free agents, which would mean Braun for what you could get. And uh, JVR will be the interesting one. 
And then anything bigger will probably, I still think, flyers wise, wait till after the season. Yeah, Patrick Brown could be another one, right? Yeah, pa- Patrick Brown might be a guy. Team team wants a PK or face off guy, you yeah. know, character guy, etc. You're not going to get any obviously overwhelming return from that. That might be a guy who would draw interest. Yeah. Um, I I don't. We were talking about this tonight uh, in the press box. One guy I think the Flyers might actually get a couple offers for. They they seem to anyway. I think don't want to trade, but uh, Scott Lawton. Yeah. You know, and, and Scott Lawton is a guy who obviously Tortorella loves. Everybody in the room respects. Um, you know, Chuck Fletcher would not be anxious to trade at all, but that's a guy who could really help a team and a stretch out of a playoff run. And that's the guy who might bring you some real value back. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm not, I'm not advocating the flyers trade them. Uh, I, I think you need, you need, you need the leadership piece and you have to always consider the, the replacement costs on a player too. It, it's why they didn't trade them the last time. Yeah. Um, no, he, and he doesn't want to go anywhere, but that, that actually is, you know, that, that would be a kind of a move where you would bring more value than a conditional pick. Even, you know, like even with JVR, I, I think, I think if you get a conditional second round pick for him, you know, that, that's not too bad considering yeah. uh, considering he's unrestricted after this year. So. Yeah, well, we know what Torch thinks of Lawton as well. He thinks the world of him. So. Uh, um, everybody does. Everybody yep, does. absolutely. Well said. Um, all right, Bill, let's wrap it up there. Uh, let's get everybody some rest, and uh, we'll be back uh, next Monday, and we'll be in said all-star break. Um, but rebuild stuff on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. And we will talk to you tomorrow on a brand new episode of Flyers Day. We'll be right back.